This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to part two of tonight's interview and all of our material going back to 2008, don't miss out and subscribe. It's very simple. All you have to do is click on the subscribe button of our website at veritasradio.com and you'll receive your login immediately. And have you listened to Sanitas Radio yet? Take a look at all the shows we've done so far and all the upcoming guests. You have no idea what these shows can do for you and your loved ones. You will never hear what they have to say in the mainstream media. I guarantee it. Remember, your greatest wealth is your health. Check it out at sanitasradio.com. And for MMS or our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, go to the Veritas store. To get in touch with us, for member support, media inquiries, suggestions, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Under the terms of the Freedom of Information Act, government agencies have declassified millions of pages of documents on numerous subjects. But there are other files, many of a far more intriguing nature than those the government has already released. They're the ones that agencies have not released. Tonight, we discuss For Nobody's Eyes Only, which picks the locks to the secret vaults. They, quote-unquote, they don't want any of us to see. And this is the newest book, 
from our Veritas veteran, full-time author and journalist, Nick Redfern. Hello, Nick, and welcome back to Veritas. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having me on the show again. My pleasure always. And Nick, let me start by reading a quote you include in your book by Napoleon Bonaparte, the first emperor of France. He says, history is a set of lies that people have agreed upon. Most people, probably excluding you, our audience, and, and I, have agreed to a written history. Why do most people agree without questioning it, Nick? Um, well, I think a, a lot of the time it's people, you know, when they watch the news or they or they read something, they assume it's necessary. Not that, you know, it's not that it's a lie. It's just that very often it's not the full story or the full story of something hasn't been researched. So we have kind of like a distorted view. But people assume that what they're told on TV or whatever is a complete truth, you know, very often. And I think certainly more so than in the past, people, you know, just accept to a degree at least what they see as being the gospel truth when when it may not be. Um, and I think there's also the sort of disturbing trend where it seems a lot of today people just don't care. <laughs> you know, they're more interested in just reality TV and going to bed and getting up and, you know, and, you know, the society become very dumbed down to where people, it isn't so much that, you know, they don't listen, they don't watch, they just don't even care to, you know. I think it's a circus and bread. They have been provided the circus and bread, the sports, the reality TV, their gadgets. We think we're so advanced, but in reality, we're giving our, our, our thinking to somebody else. But I can't understand why a lot of information is kept top secret due to national security reasons. But but the secrecy goes beyond that. And I have to have come to the conclusion Nick, that the main catalyst to keep that secrecy is to keep the status quo, to prevent humanity from really moving forward. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that I, I think there there is, well, I would say for sure, there are very good legitimate reasons why a lot of material and data is withheld. You know, for example, Nobody wants the North Koreans to know the extent to which our satellites or, you know, missile systems work or things like that. In the same way, we don't want the Chinese or the Russians to know. So I, I would say that a, a massive amount of material that is withheld is being withheld for the right reasons. Um, and But the, the things that interest me that I feel we should know about are are things, you know, some of the more, I will not say paranormal, but some of the more mysterious things where, like, for example, UFOs, Roswell, that kind of thing, where perhaps the justification may sort of be national security, but is it really a case of it's being withheld because of national security reasons or that there are people that just plain don't want us to know, which is a very different thing, you know? And I think that's the story. That's the excuse, national security, when in reality it could be because if we found out, we'll come to the realization that, you know, why are we flying tin cans for the last 100 years and still using, you know, diesel fuel to fly planes and have cars on the road when we could actually be using inverse or reverse gravity to fly. But let's talk about secrecy. What are the three levels of official secrecy in the USA and what, what do they mean? Well, yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of, where you have this situation of differing levels of security. Now, 
you know, everybody sort of heard of top secret. And, you know, top secret is kind of like a term that gets banded around here, there, and just about everywhere, really. Um, but in reality, um, you know, it actually doesn't, it doesn't actually work like that. Um, for example, the reason why you have different levels of security is because some things actually aren't, um, you know, deemed to be necessarily top secret. That's why in the U.S. you have top secret, secret and confidential. Now, of course, top secret is the stuff that could be, if it was released, would be sort of most damaging to the security of the nation. And, you know, that's the sort of stuff that I mentioned that, you know, we don't want our potential enemies to find out about secret information and confidential is still sort of significant material, but it's not deemed sort of gravely damaging, but it could still be damaging. And that's why you have sort of declassification teams in all the various agencies whose job it is to assess what should remain classified and what can potentially one day come up for declassification. What's uh, Executive Order 13526? What is it? Well, every year, sort of executive orders are sort of put into place by the presidents on on varying, um, you know, sort of degrees of uh, different issues related to government and what's being done and so forth. But uh, EO Executive uh, Order One Three Five Two Six is essentially well, it was passed in uh, December two thousand nine by President Obama, and it essentially is the latest and most up to date guidelines that deal with um, the way in which secrets are kept and how long the secrets can be kept and how long the files can be withheld for. And largely, these executive orders that have been put into place don't differ that much. Where they do differ is, say, for example, on um, uh, you know the period of time on one particular classification of document to be withheld might sort of go from 30 years to 25 or it might, might go up to 50, something like that. So in other words, it's sort of bureaucratic changes in the overall security system, if you like, and that's what 13526 is, sort of the, the most recent one. And then why do certain information remain withheld for 25 years? I and mean, for example, the Kennedy assassination, I hear that that one is sealed for 100 years. Is that true? Um, well, a lot of the files were sealed, but there's now been a push in more recent years to get them released. And um, But that's that still doesn't mean we've got everything. For example, the CIA has acknowledged it still has um, approximately 1,000 documents, but we're not sure how many pages are in each document. So there could be, you know, there's 50 pages in each document. That's 50,000 pages that still remains classified. Um, so, but one of the one of the main reasons why files... Uh, well, actually, there's several reasons why files continue to be withheld over long periods. One, for example, if there's somebody mentioned in the document who is still alive, like a, a retired agent of this agency or that agency, and the concern is that if the file is released and the person's name is in it, then, you know, they could be tracked down and somebody, you know, if they were in possession of highly classified secrets and a you know, a foreign agent could actually be sent out to find that person if their name was released in the file. So very often it's for obscure reasons like that that people don't necessarily think of. And also, um, I'm aware, like, for example, this is a different angle, but this is in Britain. I know that some UFO files were withheld, not because 
of the UFO aspect of the file, but because the file also discussed the sort of the um, the levels at which the British radar system could extend to in terms of tracking objects flying over the UK, and actually mentioned the the height level that they could track to, and that was a classified issue. So the file was classified not because of the UFO angle, but because of the fear that it would reveal again to potential enemy nations the ability how far the British radar system could extend. And of course, if they found that out, they could fly you know, 2,000 feet higher and completely avoid the radar. So, so again, it's little things like that you don't necessarily think of that often lead to a file becoming classified. I lost count of the many researchers who have filed FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, requests only to be told they cannot provide the information. And that's even after 25 years. So speaking of FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act, let's discuss it. How did it come to be? When? By whom? And for what reason? Well, basically, the, the entire thing with freedom of information is that in, in varying degrees, before the legislation was passed in the 1960s, there have been varying degrees of freedom of information where agencies have sometimes just released information anyway, or they placed it in like the National Archives and people could go and see it. But that was pretty much sort of low-level stuff. But it was really up until 1966 when freedom of information... Uh, legislation really began in earnest, it was very difficult um, to actually get hold of things like, um, you know, classified or previously classified materials. But the Freedom of Information Act was designed to allow members of the general public um, and, and you know, uh, journalists and authors, etc., access to government files if they were deemed releasable. And it was chiefly designed to sort of provide some openness to governments. And, um, and it's actually worked very well. People think, you know, that the the FOIA doesn't work or that material's always withheld. That actually isn't true. Uh, for example, the FBI has got a really good website called The Vault, which I think contains probably millions of pages of yes. formally classified documents, if not certainly in the high hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And it covers uh, pretty much the entirety of the amount of work we can see from the FBI that isn't still classified. And it covers the 1930s to the present day, and it's filled with things like their investigations of gangsters, Russian spies, um, attempts to sort of you know penetrate the U.S. security system by foreign nations, uh, famous actors and actresses, um, also the, the uh, Reds Under the Beds era, that kind of thing. And, and so in other words, they've done a really good job of releasing all this material and you can download it in PDF. So in other words, the Freedom of Information Act does work well, but it's on certain specific um, issues, if you like, that very often files are withheld rather than being withheld you know, across the board on everything. I remember April of 2011 when the FBI unleashed a the vault. I remember how many emails I received from people saying, Mel, this closure is happening. And I said, hold on, don't, don't take it to the back yet. I mean, how accurate is the information presented there? Is it truth mixed with misinformation and disinformation? No, I don't think it is because, you know, a lot of people don't realize you can go to the National Archives and various archives and, and hold the original papers. You know, it's not like these are documents that you can only see in PDF 
Um, and of course, the, the reason why I don't think it's disinformation is because many of the files are recent files. So in other words, it's not like the people who are mentioned in them are no longer alive. You know, they're able to, you can get your own file. Um, for example, there are files on people like recent releases include Steve Jobs and Michael Jackson. You know, if those files contain disinformation, family members would be saying, hey, this isn't true. And why has this been, you know, why is this person's background or bio been altered? So, no, I don't, I don't think any of the files are disinformation because if, you know, the the easiest thing to do is if you don't want to tell people what's going on is not to provide fake files, but just not release the originals and and say, sorry, you At can't all. see them, you know. Yep. That makes more sense than getting yourself into like a big, deep mess by faking things. So UFOs, aliens, and cosmic conspiracies. So let's start with Roswell. I've heard so many versions of the story. What do you think really happened in Roswell in 1947? Well, uh, first thing is what I don't think happened is I don't think just a weather balloon came down. I don't think it was crash test dummies. Oh, no. no. Um, or anything like that. Although what I do think is that having read the reports extensively that the Air Force put out, I, I'm, I actually don't believe the Air Force are the bad guys in this. I think the reason why the Roswell secret is so well hidden is because it actually isn't being hidden by the acknowledged existing agencies. I think it's sort of hidden by a shadow type agency that's kind of black budgeted, that doesn't even officially exist. And I think if you read fully and carefully the Air Force reports, in my opinion, I think they were genuinely honest attempts to get to the bottom of what happened at Roswell. But their explanations didn't hold water when you when you read them properly. But I don't think it was the part I don't think the Air Force was lying or trying to hide the truth. I think they were I think today's Air Force has no more knowledge of what happened at Roswell than we do today. Because I think it's hidden so deeply by an unacknowledged group that, as I said, like black budgeted and isn't acknowledged to exist, isn't um overseen by Congress, congressional oversight or whatever. And so you know, everybody else is as much in the dark as we are. But what's interesting is that when the Air Force went looking for files, because what happened was that in 1993, the U.S. congressman for New Mexico, Stephen Schiff, um, he uh, basically approached what at the time was called the General Accounting Office, but today it's called the Government Accountability Office, to look into Roswell. And the GAO is a very powerful agency that can go knocking on doors of pretty much any agency and say, hey, we want to see your files on this or that, etc. And when they went knocking on the door of the Air Force, and the Air Force said, yeah, we'll do a search for you, the Air Force came back and said, well, we didn't find any files on the Roswell event itself, but what we found were that all the files from the Roswell base, from 45 to 50, all the outgoing messages had just vanished. They just cannot be found today anywhere. And there's no clear indication of how or why the files vanished and who ordered the, you know, whether somebody ordered them to be destroyed or pulled or, or whatever, we just don't know. And so that, that's another reason why I do think there's a cover-up, but why I don't think the Air Force was responsible for it, because it was the Air Force who actually pointed out that all the files were gone. And I think if they were part of this cover-up, the last thing they would have done is to let everybody know that somebody had pulled all the files from that period. So that, but the mere fact that all the outgoing files from the base from 45 to 50 have vanished, that tells me that probably 
somewhere in all that pulled material were certain documents on the case. And I think to ensure that nothing got left behind or got, re- got put in the wrong filing cabinet or whatever, I think whoever took the files played it safe by pulling everything. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.